and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. And Benjamin Holden. I feel like we've not been here for a while. We haven't been here for a while. We had the... Alex podcast and the Devon podcast. The podcast, yeah. Yeah, we've not just done us two for a yes. while. It has it's been very some time exciting. since we've sat down and conversated. I know. Over. Over a monster. Also, very exciting announcement to tell you guys about today. Yes, this is really exciting. So, we have actually been... Well, I've been using muscle food products for probably... I reckon you longer than me, maybe like you three or four years. Nah, I reckon longer than that, you know. I remember you used to get it when it was like the OG. Yeah. It's still the OG now. But I, I got it years and years ago when muscle food first started and it was only small. Obviously, it's massive now. Yeah, it's huge. I've been using muscle food for years, but now we've officially partnered with muscle food. And they will be sponsoring this week's episode. And we will be officially working with them both myself personally, Lucy personally, and more so for the micro school, which is going to include like a lot of different things. Because if you, any of you guys are currently on the micro school, if you're not, why aren't you not? not (laughs) Then a lot of the recipes that we do, a lot of the video based tutorials for cooking will include muscle food products anyway. So it just made sense for us to couple with them and, and bring you, you guys some dizzy. Dizzy? Dizzy discount. Dizzy discount, yeah. So if you use the code MCSFAM, just have that in caps lock, you get £5 off a minimum spend of £60. And it's just super exciting. Like the brand is incredible. We've worked with them for a while. And this is very much mine and Ben's ethos as well. We love working with brands that are actually incredible. It's super exciting for us. And as Ben said, it's going to be on the app. And it's, oh, we just got so much like to look forward to. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like we've been using them for a long, long, long time anyway. And I think the, the thing that we're always big about is we both use supplements. However, it's it's a, our food intake, which is our main concern. Obviously, supplements are their supplementation, but food is our, our biggest thing. And we know it costs a lot for people to kind of dish out, especially for high protein. We know that healthier diets, quote healthier, are all are usually the more, um, what's the other word for cost efficient? Well, I, buying Costly. whole foods and healthy foods is sometimes more expensive. That's what I was getting at. Thank yeah. you very much. Mm. So that's why we've um, come up with muscle food to bring you good quality goods for good prices. Yeah. So we've got, a, is it a link in the show notes? We do links? There'll be a link in the show notes. If you're watching the YouTube video, there'll be a link in the YouTube as well. Link in the description. Another thing to talk about this week. I don't know what you're about to say. Yeah. Podcast awards. No. No. Um, I don't know. I've had a shave. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. I've had, a, I've had a clean shave for about three months, and I walked into the bedroom yesterday, and Lucy was just like, "I was like, you know what? It reminded me of you know when mums film their little kids when the dads completely shave their beards, and the kids are like, oh my yeah. god, who the hell is this? I was, I've not seen you without a beard, and for months. I didn't have a beard. It's a bit of fucking rubble. Yeah, but it's still a beard. Like, I mean. It's a bit. I think you were expecting it to feel probably a lot different to what it did. Well, I just it probably just I felt was, like chamois leather, and you were like expecting. I it to was feel really like a, amazed. A bowling ball. No, you got really close to the skin. That's why I was touching oh. this bit for so long because I was like, "How have you made that so smart? So smart? Soft? Like, give me some tips for my um, yeah. legs when I'm shaving my legs." Well, I was I was kind of going for that clean, clean Tom Cruise look, and I ended up looking like a ten-year-old Severus Snape. So no. <laughs> it didn't it didn't quite go the way that I was expecting it to. I mean, I think it looks great, so okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too you've much. You've got you've got to give that kind of biased opinion there. Yeah, but I wanted to anyway. So today's episode, yeah, 
is really exciting and a lot of people actually asked us to do a podcast on this which is interesting because Mm -hmm. we were going to do one anyway and I shit you not I think Ben was the first person on Instagram to do a post on this Mm -hmm. because we saw loads of people do posts like after you did it the next day but you were really really first on it like I didn't I didn't know what to think of it at the start did I I think because it resonated with me a lot on what we spoke about and I could see the other side to it as well, which we're going to discuss in this podcast of, obviously this is what we're talking about, is the calorie counting on labels. And we kind of want to delve in. Calorie count on labels. Sorry, that didn't make sense, did it? <laughs> on menus. Calorie counting on menus. And and this is, we're going to delve more into this and about calorie counting again and how you can use it and how you can utilize it and how you can still keep a good relationship with food, even with this being said. But I think it's important that we touch on it today because people will... Initially, I think, and as we all will do, have an, have an opinion on it, which doesn't take into consideration like the whole pie and something that we need to do before we can make uh, like a valid decision. Everyone can have an opinion. Yeah, 100%. So I've just pulled this from the government website just so if you guys are listening, you don't really know what's going on. Calorie labelling on menus is to be introduced in cafes, restaurants and takeaways. The government renews the drive to tackle obesity and improve the nation's health. So this is for large businesses to display the calorie information on menus and food labels from April 2022. Mm -hmm. And it's been said that these rules will help the public to make healthier choices when eating out. Yeah, I think the thing just to touch on really quickly is that we'll get this over other elements or other side to which is against this um being put in place by the government and that would generally be from anti-dieters or from a certain absolute bellend called jason fung who says that calorie counting is a ridiculous way to lose weight because he's all about hormones or the way that the body reacts and how they react within certain to certain foods is the way that we lose weight which is obviously a load of shit because if we look at basic energy balance calories inverse calories out that there's no getting around it. It's how you lose weight. Of course, there are other things with nutritional value of food, but it's got nothing, it's got fuck all to do with weight loss. I think Ben Carpenter, our good friend Ben, often speaks about him and, and likes to have a little rant about him. So I just thought I'd mention that first. I also sent out an email today about this topic of calorie counting and energy balance. I've, I had a lot of replies to it about how basic the email was, but how much it hit home. And it was just in regards to the notion that you can't basically be eating too little calorie to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Because I think mean, I mean, that's one question that comes up all the time is that starvation mode. Yeah. And then I just get that reference that I go a couple of times, which is if you took an overweight dog to the vet, what would they tell you to do? Tell you to walk it more and reduce the portion size. And that's how easy the whole notion of energy balance can really be without overcomplicating it. Obviously, it's multifaceted, but to, to put it into its simplest form, that's the way that we can view it. Someone emailed me back about it and was like, yes, well, this actually, you know, it was from, a, no, no offense to it, it was obviously from a PT. It was kind of like, trying to get on a high horse and prove a point and swiftly put her back in line. Um, she was like, yes, but if you under eat, then it's going to affect your workouts and then that will affect the amount of calories you're burning total per day, which then will affect weight loss. When we know that in regard to our TDEE or total daily energy expenditure, that that small portion of our, of eat, which is our exercise activity femogenesis, is like between, between like, 5 to 10%. For yeah. most people, it's probably around 5%. So even if you're training was affected a tiny bit it's going to have very very minimal to no effect on your total daily energy expenditure yes it might have an effect on performance which is taking into consideration but when we're just looking at the realms of weight loss nothing mate yeah i think it's really interesting that some people say like 
calories like calories don't work like calories aren't a thing that's literally like saying I was trying to think of something in my head then to compare it to it's literally like saying an atom doesn't exist do you know what I mean like when you compare it's like physics or like chemistry like saying like this doesn't exist when it like statistically does a calories a unit of food so your calories in versus calories out and when people say like, no, it actually doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Like that guy you just said, it's like, how, where, where have you pulled that female. from? She, where has she pulled it from? How, how can she I mean, I, I love, by the that? way, I love having debates and emails. So please email me back with stuff. But like, I think. No, sorry. I meant the doctor. Oh, Jason Fung. Yeah, he's wanker. Yeah, Fung. He's actually like, pardon me, an accredited doctor, but he just talks absolute bullshit. Mm. probably don't go and listen to what he says but back to the topic of choice calories of menus yeah i'm actually all for it all for it and i think that calorie counting is actually a very useful tool and we know it's a useful tool when it comes to to weight loss and if having that in a really basic way if having that calorie intake on menus or for example wagamama's stops dave down the road from going in and ordering a katsu curry every time he goes in, or he thinks twice about what he's ordering, because the katsu curry is basically like over fifty percent of his daily intake. Mm. Great. Yeah. It just it, it might make him a little bit more conscious, but and Dave down the road may be wanting to lose weight, and he thinks he's out, he's making a, a healthy decision by choosing that, but he's not. And 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 that's the kind of thing in a really basic form that is going to help people. On the flip as well during like this the whole pandemic it, it's it's only highlighted the impact obesity can have on the public health which i think why now this is being put in place by the government because it's like something needs to happen yeah well it's estimated that overweight and obesity related conditions across the uk cost the nhs 6.1 billion each year and almost two-thirds so that's 63 percent of adults in england are overweight all living with obesity and one in three children leave primary school overweight or obese and Cal pulled the stat up before it's 28% of adults that are obese and 36% are overweight and when you actually so more than half the population is now overweight or obese and obviously the government are worried because there was absolutely correlation between how negatively COVID affected people who were obese because of you know their lung capacity their functioning like it was it was actual facts which is why i think now the government are it's kind of like a last resort isn't it because last july we spoke about this where they bought in the government scheme to move more obviously people didn't they actually didn't move more and it's really sad it's not sad but i think it's really difficult that this is kind of this is the last resort because nobody listens to them the first time. And I feel like there's been quite a lot of uproar on social media mm-hmm. from, is it anti-diet culture or diet culture? I don't know the fucking anti-diet difference. Anti-diet culture, yeah. Anti-diet culture who are like absolutely gobsmacked and appalled by this. But this isn't, this is for a specific group of people. This is for that 63% of people who maybe need that little bit of extra help in terms of direction with food. They just got to understand it a little bit more in terms of what they're putting in. I think that's it as well. And it's like, we can say to people like, oh, well, people already know what calories are in foods. Like, why do we need to include it on menus? Or you can search it online. But 
people clearly fucking don't. No, they people, don't. People clearly don't know what, what is going on in food intakes. And it's it's apparent when you speak to some people about it, when they're trying to... And some people are, are consciously trying to make better decisions of what they're putting inside their body in order to lose weight. And to just say to people like, oh, just food, you choose food that you wish to have or the ones that you enjoy having to people who generally want to try and lose weight is actually very disempowering to them. Yeah. Because they're, they're actually making a decision to try and do something and just them eating intuitively all the time might not work. And obviously at this moment in time isn't working for a lot of people. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying because we've done a podcast since before, you know what's answering intuitive eating. I think it's great. But at the right time for the right people. The thing that I was just going to say then, and I remember I used to do it really significantly. You know, when you used to go out for food and like kind of like guess the intake of something. So people would go off and have like avocado on toast and it would be like, I don't know. They say, oh, it's like 300 calories. Avocado and eggs on sourdough toast is a good 500, 600 calories. But people estimated that it was around 200. Like the two pieces of toast alone are 200 calories. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. Unless you've got that education and that experience, people sometimes can't pinpoint what the calories are. Yeah. Well, this is the thing what Carl just pulled it up on the laptop which is why I wanted to talk about it today. And this is um, a clip from a program from a gentleman who's trying to lose weight at the moment. And he's basically like making his breakfast in the morning. And he's like, he's trying to make healthy decisions and choices based on like what social media or what the media have told him is, is healthy. Ex-marathon runner Murray starts the day with a power breakfast. Special K, very good for you. All good athletes know bananas are high in potassium and a good source of energy. Now, there's something missing from this performance enhancing breakfast. There's Lucy Davis with cream. What is that, Murray? I mean, I have cream on my porridge, but I have this. Yeah, he's had 1,500 calories worth. Cream, if you want to go faster. And finally, to balance out the bowl, a healthy dollop of fruit preserve. Look at the size of that bit of jam he's put on. Some yeah. raspberry jam, nice. Forgotten all about Forgotten it. Forgotten With that marathon breakfast, Murray certainly won't be running on empty today. Isn't that mad? Yeah. And that breakfast was, what, 2,000 calories? 2,600 calories. And he thought that was a healthy breakfast. So before he's even left the door... He's consumed his calorie intake because for an, I think it's the average male 2,200, 2,500, I can't even 2005, remember. 2,005, yeah. So he's gone over the average calorie intake for an adult male already before he's even got a door. And I've seen the end of that video and he actually goes up to 8,000 calories for the day. But do you know what? I think that's, I think for him, he will have been really thrown off and upset by that. He was gutted. And he's absolutely gutted by yeah, it. Yeah, so he he's just not, he just genuinely, from the bottom of his heart, hasn't understood what's gone wrong. He's got a big bowl of like oats or whatever it was, but because he's added all these things on, it comes 2,500 calories, bless his fucking little heart. Like he actually didn't have a fucking clue, did he? No. Like what was in the food, which, and he wants to lose weight. His goal is weight loss. And that's obviously why you can see the benefit of having the calories on food i think it's still because it, it can throw you off a it bit it still needs to come with education because obviously with those foods the calories are still on them and he still ignored them so yeah. they still need to be even though these things have been put in place there still needs to be more education 
around like the calorie content what calories people should be hitting protein intakes how they can better manage that tools that they can use like there still needs to be a lot done i think this is a is a good step forward into giving people the education not the education giving people the insight that they need into what's in food but people still need to know what to do with it because seeing numbers sometimes it's just like fucking reading the matrix for some people yeah massively and i think there what we actually offer on the my coach school in terms of the learn videos like the mm-hmm. whole learn section you can actually understand about fats carbs proteins your micronutrients hydration water so maybe you are looking at these new minds are thinking oh my god I don't even know what that means I don't know what my calories and macros are go on the school and work them out have a little look if you need help ask ask us like we're more than happy to help people in any way possible if they are confused by calories and macros because I mean sometimes it can be super overwhelming when you see all these numbers it's like how do you add them up where do they go what do I do like where do I put them in Mm -hmm. so I think that might be one of the issues you're right when people do come to this and they think I don't know what any of this means anyway. Like, I don't know that yeah. that it's a lot. I don't know that it's a little. And obviously the best example you've used is the Wagamama's one. I think that was used a lot on social media because I think it's the Katsu Curry's got like 1,200 so calories. Fucking, like you wouldn't expect that for like it's basically chicken curry. it's chicken, rice and a bit of curry. It's, <laughs> I don't know what they put in that Katsu sauce. It is absolutely delicious, but it must be like, it must be like 800 calories because the rice and the chicken and the salad thing is not a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sauce. I remember when I was used to go to Wagamama's, I used to get an extra pot on the side. <laughs> I used ca- to, you can order, just okay, for everyone who loves katsu curry, you can order a katsu curry and you can get extra sauce on the side. But for me, I was so sound with that. You know, I, I knew my calorie intake. I knew I was sound. I'm, I'm having an off-plan meal. Wasn't an issue for me. I already n- know the calories in food. But yeah, you can get an extra pot on the side. Which is great. Yeah. I think the the biggest backlash that this scheme has had has come from those who are suffering with eating disorders, those who work for charities and foundations that help support people with eating disorders. And that's because, obviously, it can be triggering for some people. And personally, for someone who's recovered from an eating disorder, like I'm still for the new measure. Mm-hmm. because one thing that we shouldn't do is to push our own personal negative experiences onto other people because that's not fair because one thing that might be have been a negative for me might be life-changing for someone else and that's not fair to 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 push my own narrative onto someone else because that does that's not helpful yeah and also though this is a scheme for that 63 percent of the population who is obese and overweight this isn't unfortunately a scheme for those suffering with an eating disorder. There should be. And I think that's the next step for the government to bring out more help and advice for people with eating disorders. I mean, there's a lot out there. We've spoken about it a lot, but maybe a little bit more, a bit more for like mental health and things like that. But this moment in time, it is to tackle obesity. Yeah, I think it, It's not for the other areas. Th- what this- did you say yesterday to me? Once, not, not one shirt fits all, not one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's your analogy. Yeah. Um, I think the the statement that obviously gets pushed with this one is that it's it's triggering to people and that calorie cutting can create or lead to eating disorders. Now, this is just not true mm. because although there may be a correlation between um, the two, 
there's actually no evidence of causation. So correlation and causation are two very different things. So we don't actually know whether people with disorderly eating habits lean more towards the side of calorie tracking or those who calorie track then lead into dis- disorderly and that, does that make sense yeah it does there's no there's no we don't know which way around that is there's no um evidence of causation it's just the correlation between the two that's all we know and i can see why that people with who already have disorderly habits may lead more towards calorie counting because it kind of fits it within that whole role and the other thing, the statement that 93% of diets don't work is just bullshit, by the way. I'd, I've been duped by this number before, and this is something that is thrown around by anti-dieters, that 93% of that. How is that even fucking practical, by the way? Mm. I don't know where that number's ever come from, but how the fuck would someone know if 93% of diets don't work? Who, wh- Where's that research come from? Like, you'd have, ha- you'd ha- you'd how would you ever know? And that's something that must be changing you'd all the time. You'd have to research. You have to get so many participants. Yeah. It's, it's just not even practical. The thing that we do know is that, or um, it's the thing that we do know that there's successful rates of people lose weight. The thing that we're pretty shit at in the fitness industry is helping people sustain it and maintain it, which is what the main issue is. It's helping people. And that's because the process is generally shit that most people stick to. So people need more help with the process to make sure it's sustainable mm-hmm. and repeatable. And they also need help like once they've reached the goal okay where do they go from there they need support still there and they're within as well yeah and they're, they're the two big things I st- and again I st- like i agree with you i still think that there needs to be a lot more support for people who are uh, suffering with eating disorders and disorderly in and along that weight loss journey i think there needs to be well, way more support because when i was suffering with it, it was shit you have to do everything yourself and it's just a difficult thing to go through and with the mortality rates being so high from it there needs to be a lot more support but like we just discussed this scheme is in the interest of public health and whenever we're looking at public health it's looking at the masses mm. so we look how many people are obese and overweight and are suffering and the strain on the nhs this this is to help them i do get the, the other side of the story but this this is focused on that one thing at the moment like imagine how many people with type 2 diabetes this is going to help yeah you know what I was just thinking I was just trying to think about my experience and when I had an eating disorder for all those years I think when you're in that state you're very very psychologically aware of food yeah before I even went to a restaurant I knew what I was getting and I knew the calories in that food because when you have those tendencies this might have just been me from personal experience but my psychological relationship with food I freaking knew the calories in everything. I didn't even need them to be on the menu. I would have already looked it up. I would have calculated it, which I think like, absolutely, I was was not in a good place with food. I really, really know that. I think that's why, yes, it could be slightly detrimental to those who do have an eating disorder, but those people have to know that this moment in time, that scheme isn't aimed at them. It's really, really not aimed at them and they should be seeking help from elsewhere. Yeah, 100% I wish I'd gone to seek help help from elsewhere. Like at the time, I think if they put calories on menus and even like three three years ago, like I know Nando's did and Starbucks. I ate at Nando's all the time at uni. So I already kind of knew. I don't think it ever really, I don't think I ever was like bothered bothered by it at the time. Like I can't remember being like, oh my God, that there's, there's 600 calories in my yeah. chicken wrap. I don't remember being that obsessed with it even when I had my eating disorder. I think it depends how extreme the eating disorder is. But unfortunately, I think that a lot of people who are already suffering with eating disorders will be avoiding social occasions and already not going out. Yeah, I hate or that. That they, was the Or, like worst. you said, they already know the calories are in stuff before they're even being put on the menu. Yeah. Let's be honest, a lot of those people are so obsessed with food and calorie cutting already know what calories are in the menu anyway. 
Yeah. And, I, I did. I remember it. And like we just said, this is to help like the, that broader picture. And playing devil's advocate, by the way, it can, I think like shouting, well, what about me? Is it can be seen as selfish when this scheme is to try and help like a mass of people who it, it's it, it's really affecting and it's one of the biggest strains financially on the NHS in this country and it's been highlighted by the pandemic and that's why I said yes it does need to be more support and help there but this scheme is to is to tackle like a the bigger elephant in the room and people aren't educated enough like there'll be people going into I don't know like a Peter Express and they'll be picking a fucking Caesar salad like yeah bang that bang that on the table i'll have that for dinner because this is the healthiest option for me they could have fucking had the pizza you could have had the pizza by the way you could have had the pizza and it probably would have been the same or less calories and that's the thing when it comes to the education thing and that's the thing if they would have had that in front of them those numbers in front of them they would have known do you know what i'll have the fucking pizza because it's it's the same calories or even less calories just because something deems or seems to be healthy doesn't mean that it's going to be fitting to your goals of weight loss and tying with that. It just doesn't. It might actually, from what you said that it might help people broaden their horizons. If they think, oh, I'm going for dinner, like I'm quite nervous, like I'll get the chicken Caesar salad. And they'll see the calories and be like, because aren't some big Caesar salads are 800, 900 calories, aren't they? The sauces or whatever they put in it. And they might think, actually, I might just get the penne pasta with Parmesan. Or do you know what? Because why not? I'll have a bit of carbs. I'm not going to have those sweet potato fries. I'm going to have normal fries. Because the normal fries fries are fucking less calories. Interesting. I hadn't even thought about it like that. Or do you know what? I was going to go to Five Guys, but I'm actually going to go to Nando's because I think that's less calories. Nope. I got James Smith from we were in that Nando's restaurant, by the way, ordered me a Nando's once. And it came to 1,600 calories in my meal. Yeah, you, have like, you have like peas, rice, and like a chicken I didn't burger. actually have that much though, you know. Like I had the chicken pita. I had like some halloumi. I had some peas. And I think I had some chips, a double yeah. pita. And it was like 1,600 calories. You probably could have gone to Five Guys and had a meal for like less or even similar and you might have enjoyed that more so those things it might open people's minds up to the do you know what the, the foods that i've deemed as unhealthy for such a long period of time and i've avoided having because i think they're really yeah. calorie dense it's just do you balance. know what they're actually, they're actually not and i can make those more inclusive so that's another benefit that may come of having the calorie intake there yeah definitely i think one of the um i think you mentioned this one to me there was loads of like uproar from companies and restaurants who are like smaller and independent, but the businesses have to have more than 250 employees, don't they? That's the big thing. And we discussed this before because we were saying that generally, if you look at a lot of those those companies already... Starbucks, Costa, they've all got them on. They've all the calories already on there anyway. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a big change because I think that was the uproar that I saw a lot of comments from from businesses and and small restaurants owners online was like, we order fresh food all the time. We order this on a daily basis how we're not scientists how are we supposed to know what the, the calorie the calories on these foods we're making fresh all the time it actually doesn't affect those types of businesses yeah because it only affects businesses with over 250 employees so yeah like the big ones is nando's mcdonald's that kind of stuff and yes they do already put the calorie content online but people aren't fucking using it and that's that's why i think one of the a lot of people were suggesting what the happy medium maybe it was to have menus one with the calorie content on one we're not on yeah but we know that when we give people choice most of them are going to go oh do you know what? i just want the, the menu without the calories on so i think that's why it is being enforced by the government because they need to be uh, like a, a more harsh would you say harsh don't know action taken 
in regards to educating people because a lot of people and probably those people that need it most are going to go, I don't want to know what color is your name. And good, to be honest, some, sometimes people just need to go and have a day out, which is why we advocate our clients and why we do it on a Saturday. Of just having a day of more intuitive eating mm. or eating more intuitively, should I say, because I think that kind of thing also helps to better your relationship with food makes the process more sustainable and also those kind of like if you're doing it once a week and practicing that almost when you go out for like social occasions or when you go on holiday i think that makes it a lot easier to be a little bit more loose of it because you practice it for such a long period of time like once a week anyway yeah definitely i think and actually this is really interesting you know when we were in town on saturday oh no it wasn't saturday when when, whenever we went sunday when we were in town we nipped into starbucks and i was like Oh, I might get one of those um, shortbread cookies. Though yeah. I was like, I'm a little bit hungry. Bear in mind, there's like a prep right next door. And I was like, mm, nah, maybe not. 515 cows, rather go and buy myself a full-on meal. Yeah. And I went to prep and got a massive baguette and sandwich because in that instance, for me, I was like, fuck, fuck having that. 515 cows and a cookie can't be asked. I'll go and get a massive sandwich and a massive meal. So it, it, I, I kind of already know the calories in food, but... It was actually, I'm just thinking of an example of even myself where I thought, nah, I don't really, really want that. Maybe I'm just a bit hungry. Oh, I'll actually go and get a proper decent meal from Pratt just yeah. next door. And again, this this kind of advice is dependent as always. The, the key phrase is depends. And we're talking about like in relation to weight loss, which is what this scheme has been brought in to do to tackle obesity. We're not talking about people who, who aren't on that journey and, and don't need to tackle that that issue at the moment. And that's why it's it's fine for some people to say, oh, just enjoy the fucking cookie, enjoy the, the millionaire shortbread. Fuck thought, off. It's not helpful to people who are trying to reach a goal. It's just not. Saying that to people isn't helpful. It's just disempowering. And I will preach all the time when people should be eating foods that they enjoy and creating balance within the diet. But for some people who are trying to reach a goal, sometimes there just needs to be, um, I'm not going to say willpower because that's probably the wrong term, but sometimes there needs to be more accountability and consistency with what you're doing in order to reach it. And that's why, that's why we often talk about that 80-20 rule and exercise and that and not turn it into the 50-50 rule. Yeah, I think as well, like, people might find that if they choose different choices, so say like, yeah, the Starbucks cookie, super delicious, tasty, absolutely tiny though. I would have eaten it and been starving, but I went to get more fibrous, massive sandwich thing because I knew it would fill me up more exactly the same calories that doesn't bother me but it's kind of like oh maybe this will actually fill me up more it will tide me over it's more satiating do you know what i mean like kind of getting the difference between like the portions and like what you can get for different calorie intakes i think people will start to kind of like understand it a bit more and realize oh my god i can actually have like a full-blown meal on on the the shoe on the other foot and just oppose my (laughs) when have you ever been Shoe on, on the, the other, other foot. foot. Hello, phone call to you. Hello. Oh, it's the shoe on the other foot. It's the shoe on the other foot. Yeah, Hello, just, goodbye. Just putting it in there. You've so, got to watch that on YouTube, by the way, guys. You won't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've lost my chain of thought now. So the, the, shoe on, the shoe on the other the foot. The shoe on the other foot is. For example, if someone was to eat that millionaire shortbread and it knocks 500 calories off the daily intake, then at least they know they can go. Do you know what? I'm just gonna not have my nature valley ball like, or whatever is in your diet because i need to take two or three hundred calories off because i had the millionaire shortbread mm. and that's cool because then at least at least they know that and and i think again like 
a lot of businesses, I suppose, are probably talking about, well, it's going to be really difficult for us to do. I mean, businesses with over 250 employees have probably got like some financial budget to play with in order mm-hmm. to make these changes for one. Two, they've got until is it April 2022 to make these changes. So they've yeah. got a year, a full year. And then three, how long is it actually going to be? And are we ever going to see like set menus everywhere in those types of places? Or is it going to be forever QR codes? Because if it is just QR codes, like how easy is it for they, them to even make change on a daily basis? How yeah. easy is that? You just got to go online and type shit in. I suppose like, again, where it's useful is it's being implemented with like Deliveroo and stuff as well. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I think that's the I think that's potentially maybe even the bigger one. Because yeah, how many people, especially through lockdown, will, and and will consistently continue to do so, just use Deliveroo and go. Do you know what? I'm just going to order something from Deliveroo and I'll get I'll get um, a bar burrito. Some of those burritos are like a thousand calories, you know. And you think you make, you think oh I'm having like a chicken wrap. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking not. Have you seen the size of those burritos? Yeah, like a torpedo. Heavy. I don't even know how they come out the other end. Of who? What? What do you think I meant? Your bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the size of them? Yeah, they're heavy. No, I think like when you feel them, it's like the weight of a house brick. If I threw that at you, you'd be KO'd for a good, <laughs> for a good while. Imagine me, burrito stayed straight to your head. Yeah, literally. You're gone. They're all, they all heavy and... I think that's why on Deliveroo it's important to happen as well because I think a lot of people will still continue to order off there and again, maybe make different or better decisions or be more conscious or more aware of what they're eating through the rest of the day if the goal is weight loss and they're trying to do that because as we've spoken about before, food is in this day and age very hyper palatable. It's very easy to access. It's on the end of a phone. Like Again, I think that's potentially even probably the bigger one. Mm so so accessible Um, there was just a stat here that i wanted to point out in a public health survey on the calories on menus 79 percent of respondents said they think that menu should include the number of calories in food and drink you're so weird you know because i had that up in front of me as well well what what did you have the the stat 79 percent yeah 79 percent of of, of of food and drink in a public health england survey it was it was it was based on yeah, which is obviously kind of like, it's the majority of the population also agree. It's nearly 80% of people who agree in that circumstance. So I think that also does say a lot about how, I think hats off to the government because they've had to try and think of something that is sustainable and approachable for all and is actually going to help people. The government scheme they did last time just telling people to move more. Yeah, it's not enough. That didn't work. It actually genuinely didn't work. And I think... Well, I was quite shocked that that's the 63% stat. I, I think it was about well, 40. We're one of the worst in in the world. Yeah, in, in England Europe. and America. I think, uh, yeah, England, it was America. I think the the ones who are like the, the, the littlest population, sorry, smallest obesity rate is like China and And, and a Europe. Of, Euro- Europe's doesn't have a high... There's some bad place in all. Europe, but I think we're one of the... We're, we're yeah. one of the worst for, for whatever reasons. And something needs to be done about it. And maybe as well, so you know how it said one in three children leave primary school um, overweight or obese. This might help the future of young kids. I wonder whether, I don't know whether, this is again uh, for for debate, because my, I we don't deal with anything to do with kids. Would this like Im- eventually impact schools? 
that they're going to put stuff on school for like high, I don't think they do for like it. high schools or colleges or I'm guessing they'll maybe do it for universities. I don't know. Like how far into education does it go? Because the one thing that we do know that people need to be better educated. I'm not, I'm not talking about fucking your primary school toddler going, oh, mom, what's for dinner today? I can't have that because too many calories. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like high school kids, college kids, universities. Like does it come in into that level? Like how does that college, affect? I think when you get to the age of like 17, 18... Because I think when you're younger than that, a lot of kids are now really involved in sports and they are active. However, that stat is worrying where one in three children leave primary school. Like, how old are you when you leave primary school? Like, 10. So I think more needs to be done as an initiative to maybe get outside and move more rather than young kids focusing on on yeah. calories. We do. It's more the parents who need to, well, I was about to say educate. That. We do always point the finger at parents. But I was reading a chapter from Jordan Peterson's book today, which is saying like how often we blame parents for the way that our child is. But then we've got to look at like some external factors as well, like who they're surrounded by, who the other parents are, what they're doing in school, what the type of school they're in, what the social yeah. environment is. There are other factors that come into it. And that's why I'm talking about like, where do we draw the line? With it? I'm not saying this is where it should be. I'm just kind of bringing that question up because I don't know personally where where that we brought in because i i believe like up to a certain age they just need to be like let the let the kid make food choices let them enjoy fucking life to, to a certain point where they're not thinking about calories and macros and shit and let them just be active play football play rugby play sport keep them active but then does it need to a point where they need to be a bit better educated and where does that sort of come in yeah i think they i don't think young kids at all need to know about calorie content or anything like that I think they just, I think there just needs to be maybe more education around the topics of talking about food and not necessarily being like, this has this many calories, this has this. I think just more so education, understanding, doing like in a super nice way to explain things, explain that like moving more and being active is really good for like your heart kids. It's good for this. It's good. Do you know what I mean? Like doing it in a really cool approach to help kids in that way. And I think when you are getting to like the age of 17, 18, when you're at college, yeah, maybe that is you. You know, eighteen. You're an adult. I don't think I need to think. I think it needs to be done before then. Do you? Yeah, because like we start advising kids on the cost of stuff. Like things have labels on. Well, that's fifty p, and this is the this is how mu- how much it takes to earn that, and that's how much you spend in it. Like, why should there not be a point in in time where equally we go? Okay, well, this is how much this costs in regards to the calorie content. Mm. This is like what it is to your daily amount that you have to spend. And this is what you will need to knock off that. Like, where does that where does that come in? I'm not saying yeah. it needs to be done at a really young age, but there needs to be a point of where people are better educated. That so we can get it, we can get it there early. And obviously, we've got to be considerate that we know that a lot of people go into diet and have the potential to become pathological dieters and then go into disorderly eating. And that's why we're we as coaches, and there needs to be better support for these type of people so that they're choosing a process which is sustainable, maintainable, and that we also have a good relationship with food. And of course, that's very different for each individual, which is why it sometimes can be difficult. But that's where we, we need to have the support alongside these kind of schemes to help people as well. Yeah. just I just have one last point. Go on. You know what's quite interesting? You know, I didn't even think about this. They're putting calories on drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it says it on there. You put in cars. Because like Starbucks and stuff, you know, you get your fucking lattes uh, or but whatever. But what about in a bar? Like you've got Paul and Sean Martini. I was thinking, I was like, if you get, like, we went to Gaucho for Carl's birthday on Sunday. Me and Ben must have gone for a bottle of red wine each. If yeah. the calories were on that, people would be blown away. Like, I wouldn't offer that thing there. 
No, I mean, you would carry on, but I don't think people realize that there's actually calories in, in alcohol. You go through a bottle of red wine, it's probably like 1.4 calories. Do you know what, again, though? And this, I think people will be kicking up a thought like, oh, well, why should I go out and track calories from one day a week? I don't think it's for those sort of people. Nah, and also you don't need to track. You just look at it and be like, oh, okay, that's in that food. Doesn't mean you necessarily have to take that on board. This isn't for those sort of people. Like you said, it's absolutely not. I, I think it's for... This type of scheme is not for the type of people going, do you know what, I'm going on a Saturday night for a steak and a red wine once a week. This is for the kind of people who are potentially going for business meetings, who are going for, for lunch every day where they're not making it themselves and they're going for, for other meetings and eating in, in restaurants regularly who need to be traveling and commuting. And for those, that type of person having a, a katsu curry every single day, it's fucking them over. So for, for that type of person to be able to go in for a business lunch each day or something to eat for dinner uh, for a meeting, they can kind of make really the decisions helpful. because they're eating out all of the time. Yeah. It's not It's not just for the people who go on a Saturday night. That's fine. I, I don't think people need to track every single day. That's why we always say to people, you can have a day to eat more intuitively. It's for the for the people who are potentially on the go all the time, who just need more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it content? Need more. I think they just need more understanding like you easy, more easy access to know what it is i think having that education there just what's inclusive of it for those people who are on the go all the time is very very helpful and that's the t- that's the type of people i think it's more so for not a case of okay you're going on a saturday night so you need to know exactly what you have and get your my fitness part mate no for a day just fucking leave it alone you don't yeah. need to absolutely what was the point that at the start of the podcast you were going to make and then you're like no save for the podcast i can't remember well, we fucked that one in, haven't yeah you? I can't remember what I was talking about. I, I think we spoke about it anyway. Oh my God, I mean, my back is so sore today. Why? I'm like sat in this chair. I don't know. Wow. Flaring up. I get a little few clicks in there every now and again. Oh, I said I needed a massage. Okay. Maybe well, that wasn't the point you that, meant in the podcast. Absolutely, it was a hint. Oh, do you know what I haven't spoke about them thing in the podcast? Then we're going to finish with this one. I went for a float with Darren the other week. Oh yeah. I didn't know what, I thought I you were actually going to say, I went well, for a shit. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Darren went for a shit together. That's what you were going to say, very, the way you said it then. I wouldn't be very um, polite. Me and Darren went for a float, so anyone who hasn't done it, it's a, it's a float tank. Um, I put the, the full YouTube video up on my YouTube, if you want to go over there and check it out. But we went for a float and it was so weird. Yeah. Do you want to explain to people what it is? Because they'll be thinking, what the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Cal, me and Cal are going to go next week at some point. So a float is basically you're in this big chamber. So you go in, it looks like a massive bath with like a big... It's like an incubator. With a big lid on. Yeah, huge. You could fit two people on it, but it's massive. And it's basically filled with thousands of tons of salt to help you float in the water. Yeah, because you'd absolutely not float. <laughs> This is what we're talking about, by the way, when we're talking about fat shaming. <laughs> when I've taken Ben swimming, like his, the only thing that is like on top of the surface is his head. Your body just, you, you, your body just doesn't. And it's not very buoyant, am I? No. To be fair, I can't lie flat on my back and do a starfish. My body goes down. Yeah. Spend it if you can do it or not. But anyway, I was floating in this. It's got loads of magnesium, so it's like, if anything, it's good for like healing and just muscle general health and muscle relaxation. Like a lot of rugby players and stuff go and does it. Joe Rogan doesn't go and does it. I think Joe Rogan's got one in his house. Of course he does. Yeah. And Carl was telling me the other day, he also has an audio recorder in there. 
So basically, when he's having thoughts, like when he's just dead chilled no out, way. He'll, he'll activate and he'll record his audio. Now, I was saying this is kind of counterintuitively and against the point because the whole point of, well, you're in that pod, I did it for 60 minutes. You, you basically put these weird sound canceling things in, which is almost like j- rubber, and they mold into your ears to cover everything. Then all all the light goes dark when you're in the pod, you pull the pod Completely over. Completely pitch black. Well, you, you start with like a bit of light in there. You lie down in the water, you float. Then everything started, the light starts dimming, it goes pitch black, the music starts dimming down. And basically, it just feels like you're in nothingness. You can't hear anything. Even if you've got your eyes open, you can't see anything. You just float and you have no concept of what's around. You have no concept of time. So it just feels like you're, cool. you're black and floating in space. It's it's so mad. And the whole point of it is for you to chill out and kind of find your almost like inner peace and try and be present in that moment and not thinking about other stuff. I'd really which is really it's really hard but i said to the guy when i got out i started seeing like objects and seeing like a lot of purple flashes and things making their way in purple and this is the, was the point that i was trying to get into like get into that zone and tap into it but it only last every a couple of minutes every now and again for me because then i'd started thinking about like emails or other shit that i need to do that day which is what you're not supposed to do so you're trying to just be present in that moment but at first, I was I was dead rigid and like my, my quad was dead tense because I found it difficult to settle. You know what I'm like in water. Mm, not great. Not great. So it took me a while to settle into it. But then I just kind of kept thinking, well, it's just like being in my bath at home. But I could have been in the middle. <laughs> as a concept, I could have been in the middle of the sea. It, it's, it's, it's kind of like one of the only experiences where you can feel like this is what it would be like to be in the womb. Do you know what I mean? I'm completely weightless. I can't see anything. I'm in warm water. I'd imagine that's probably, probably if you could feel as a kid, what's like to be in the womb that would be it that was a sorry i couldn't process what you said there i yeah hmm. maybe i need to, you experience, need to go experience it, it. But i, I just did, don't think it's really for me i, I did, can't meditate let alone but it's not that it's just really relaxing but some people have weird experiences with it and like get out and like completely whacked out your pupils are really big and dilated what it's, what do you do if you need a wee I absolutely would have to go in the in the chamber. You're joking. You piss yourself in the swimming baths with hundreds of people there. Why would you have an issue of weighing in a bath? Because the only reason we did that as swimmers is because we were not allowed to get out of the pool. Physically, our, to- our coaches were like, you cannot leave. No, I was just thinking because it's kind of like gross if someone gets in after you because it's just no, a small it's not. It's all, it's all It's drained. It's filtered. It, it, it drains out. So that's why the guy was saying to me, if you kind of go into like the universe of like three million thousand or whatever and you're zoned out and you don't wake up once the, the light starts coming back on, the water will then start to drain and you'll naturally just come down into the bath. Are there cameras in there? No, how would that be possible? How would they be able to have cameras in there? I'm just thinking in case, you know. So I'm in there with my tackle lacquer like swimming oh. around <laughs> and someone's, <laughs> someone's got fucking cameras spying on me. <laughs> Where else is it going to be? Like swim shorts on. Why would you get in the bath with swim shorts on? I'm supposed to be free. I'm supposed to be like I'm in the womb. When I came out, my mum didn't have a pair of Calvin Klein's on, did I? Hey. <laughs> no, sorry. I just I didn't didn't picture it like that. that. Well, that's exactly what it's like. You got it supposed to be free with yeah, the air. Understand. So that's why I didn't have anything on. So that's why they can't have cameras in there as well. Absolutely. But then when I came back round, I got out and honestly, my legs nearly went from underneath me. But you know, because I was so... You came out like you'd been stung by a bee. <laughs> so when we didn't have to, so relaxed. If you want to see the full full thing and see what it looks like, because it sounds a bit weird, me explaining it, go on to my last YouTube video, not the one that's up tonight, the one before that with Dirin, and you'll see where we both give like a bit of a review of it anyway. Yeah, and I feel like that's a nice little way to um, 
and the podcast as well. Yes. Let us know if you go and try a float. Also, comment below on the YouTube channel what you guys kind of think about the calories on menus. We'd absolutely yeah. love to hear your love opinions. Your Obviously, we we know this is our opinion. We love listening to other people's opinions. Like no one is right, no one is wrong. That's not the point of, you know, the podcast. We just share kind of how we feel, but we also share stats and statistics. Um, but yeah, I think that's really the important hope. thing though to share facts and let people make the there's no there is no right or wrong of it. We just want to present evidence from both sides and we'll give you our opinion, which is everyone's valid to. The other thing, this Friday, so two days time, I believe the um categories and the nominations drop for the British Podcast Awards. So we'll get to see kind of if we're in for that. The other thing that also comes out, the uh, category which is done, for, which is voted for by the public. So you'll be able to vote for our category um, and basically help us win. So basically, if I if we don't win this podcast awards, then I can't buy another pair of headphones and look at the state of my headphones. This is his challenge. YouTube channel. Look, at, I've had these, I reckon, since I was... 19. 14. No, I reckon since about 19. So they're, wow. a good, they're a good 10 years old basically yeah. um so i can't get new headphones to so make sure you vote so i can get some new headphones also really exciting we have we're doing something very different with the micro school in a couple of weeks time we've currently got a challenge running and at the end of that challenge we're going to be doing something that is a little bit different i don't think we've really done something too similar to before i'm mega excited for it by the way because it's way different to yeah. what i've seen anyone else do we haven't done it before it's going to be a cool prize to it's it. still technically a challenge but it's a different style of yeah. challenge it's challenging your yourself you'll see it because the content for it is going to be banging and look a lot different so we're going to be releasing that in a couple of weeks time so keep an eye out for that on the micro school as always if you enjoy the podcast then please please go on to apple podcast do you know how to do this because a lot of people say how do i leave yeah review? apple podcast what you have to do so you're probably all like already subscribed what you have to go is, is go to the search element type in the not so fickle podcast click on it scroll down and that's when you can leave a review so you actually have to type it in at the search bar again not just click on your subscriptions yes and then also if you are not on youtube just jump over on youtube check it out see if you like it see if you enjoy seeing our faces on there subscribe to the channel if you have any comments leave it in the comments if you tried the float let me know also just realized i've done this whole podcast in leggings yeah you have I don't think you can see that. Absolutely not. I just stand up. If I were you, what are you doing? Stand up. Why? That what? was the most ridiculous. If you're watched on YouTube, that was the most ridiculous thing. Ben just showed his legs, <laughs> and instead of standing up, he just lifted his legs above his head. You'd absolutely just stand I, up. I, in I did that a TikTok situation. on this today as well, like taking the piss out. People are wearing leggings in gym. I've still got them on, so yeah. Well, on that note, guys, we'll love you and leave you, and catch you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye.